sinner's cross. You broke my shame and sinfulness. You rose again, victorious. Faithfulness none can deny. Through the storm and through the fire, there is truth that sets me free. Jesus Christ, who lives in me. You are stronger, you are stronger. Sin is broken, you have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of all. No beginning and no end. You're my hope and my defense. You came to see and save the lost. You paid it all upon the cross. You are stronger. You are stronger. Sin is broken. You have saved me. It is written. Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of all. So let your name be lifted higher. Be lifted higher. Be lifted higher. to know 
No scheme of hell, no scoffer's crown, no burden great can hold you down in strength. You reign forever, let your church proclaim. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture. And she Welcome to Preston Crest. It's great to see everyone here this morning, and we're so thankful that each of you have chosen to worship with us, both here and virtually. This church is an incredible faith community that first seeks to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength, and love our neighbors as Jesus commanded us. If you are visiting with us, we're particularly glad you're here, and we hope you'll give us an opportunity to meet you once service ends. As we do each week, we ask our members to check in at 469-476-5331. And it lets us know who has joined us, plus it gives you an opportunity to see all the great information that's going on here at this church by giving you a digital bulletin. It gives the highlights of our ministries, opportunities to get involved, a, a number of specific prayer needs, and other announcements. As, we as you may have noticed when you walked in to this morning, 
the uh, Thanksgiving bags are now being displayed on the uh, table for you to grab. And John Scott will give us a little bit more information on that as we'd serve our community by providing Thanksgiving dinners for some of those in, in our community, as I said. I also want you to mark November 21st as the Youth Bake Sale. Uh, we raise money for our summer missions. And so if you are a baker, uh, I'm sure they would use your help in, in providing some of those goods and all that money goes straight to the summer missions, which will be in Guatemala this year for our youth group, as well as Oklahoma. Also this morning, I wanted to mention several families that lost family members this week. Although they have attended for just a few years, uh, William Mitchell passed away after a courageous battle with cancer. And William stepped right in and, and was able to uh, help uh, do some of the uh, curriculum around the study of Hebrews that many of the classes are being taught now. And so we want to remember that family, as well as the mother of Dennis Wright, Fran Wright, who passed away in Missouri uh, this week. But we also want to continue to remember the families of El, uh, Elmer Cohorn and Diana Ramsey as they celebrated their lives this week. I also want to uh, highlight last night here at the building, we had an incredible in international Thanksgiving dinner that was well attended. And so we're just thankful that that meeting was able to take place. And there's a picture of all the folks that were able to be here. Now, as we enter this morning into worship, let's reflect on these words from Psalm 24, 9 through 10. It says, lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? It's the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Let's pray. Father, just thank you for this time together this morning. As your children, we want to acknowledge you as the Lord Almighty, who has the power and authority over all things from now until the end of time. We pray that our worship will be received as an offering of our love and complete dependence on you. God, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace, and we rejoice in knowing that you are our God and that you have provided us with a clear path to salvation. Father, we trust and rely on you. This morning, we ask you to heal those who are struggling with serious health issues, suffering from loss of jobs or isolation, as well as those who are grieving from recent loss. Thank you for being the ultimate healer, provider, comforter, and protector in all circumstances. Now, Father, I pray that you will bless this worship as we show our deep gratitude for what you have done and what you will do in our lives. We thank you for Jesus, and it is in his holy name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Stephen. All right, church, let's stand and let's worship this morning. In heavenly honor, we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing
going to sing one more song and then Richard Ike's going to come and lead us this morning around the bread and around the cup.
church. So after John Scott texted me and said, hey, you may be deer hunting this weekend, but can you at least come back and lead communion? I was like, absolutely. I'm not going deer hunting. That's fine. Um, so as I was preparing and thinking about what would mean the most for me to hear this morning, I thought about my favorite verse, and that's Matthew 20, 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So as we think about this time and as we prepare to take the bread, let's think about that ransom that God gave, the life that he gave up so that we can have that relationship with God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we're just so grateful, grateful for this community this body of believers, that we can come together, we can sing these songs, and we can be connected with you here. But I ask as we, as we take this bread that we remember the body that was broken on the cross for us, not just to forgive us of our sins, but to grant us that ability to be with you, to be in your place with you one day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pray for the cup. Dear Lord, again, we just are so grateful for, for what you gave, for the shedding of that blood that cleanses us. And as we take this cup, the fruit of the vine, we ask that you pour that back over us. Help us to remember that as we take it today and as we go through this week. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Welcome to Preston Crest, the late, late service since we, lost, or we gained an hour, so it's, it's good to be together. Uh, if you want to give this morning, you can do that through the website or through church teams or drop some money in the collection box out in the foyer. So many ministries are funded or supported by that, and uh, one I just want to focus on today is just our connections, our Bible classes, um, and one of the great just life-filled places is the young couples uh, class, and we're going to see a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, but so many, so many relationships are built, community happens, mission happens in these Bible classes. So let's pray about those now. God, I'm just thankful for this church family, and we meet and we worship together, but we also break out into these groups and where God just amazing stuff happens and and we carry each other's burdens and we hold each other accountable sometimes and we do life together and I pray a special blessing today on those young couples uh, it's so important to this church uh, these places where uh, lives begin to move together um, as couples and then into marriage and what that means, but also just into service and ministry in your body. And so I pray your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Preston Crest. I'm Josiah Baker. And I'm Becky Baker, and we are part of the Young Couples Ministry here at Preston Crest. This ministry has been a special part of Preston Crest for many years, and it welcomes all seriously dating, engaged, and newly married couples. Our focus is to grow in our relationships with God and each other as we study God's Word. We strive to encourage one another as we walk through the unique joys and challenges of this season of life together. We're so grateful for how it has blessed us and our marriage and are excited to see how it continues to grow and work in the lives of many more young couples. Thank you, Preston Crest, for your support of this ministry. And thank you, Josiah and Becky, for being uh, leaders in that young couple's class. Such a great, a great class. Hey, church, everybody look up here right quick. I got something to show you. I need you to uh, grab one of these and one of these on your way out the door, if there are still any available. I told First Service to leave some for you. This is the uh, list of food, and this is the bag you're going to put it in. And I need these bags back next week. And so here's what it's going to look like. Looks like last year. Just fill that bag up and then I just, I took this, I took that rascal into the grocery store with me, spent about 25, 30 bucks. You're going to have a sidecar riding alongside it. Just tie those together, bring it back to the church next Sunday. And um, these packages of food are going out the door on Friday, November 19th. We're going to match those up with a big old fat turkey from Tom Thumb. And uh, families are coming here, have already registered to receive this Thanksgiving food. So that would, it would help us a ton if you would take a bag, take that list, and, and bring it back next week. All right, good stuff. Let's, um, let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. We're going to sing one more song, and then Gordon's going to come up here and share with us. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give. 
this morning. this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, John Scott. So that's the prayer that we have been working through, we'll continue to work through for the next few weeks. Line by line, this beautiful prayer from Jesus. And it's interesting, right? These apostles, the, the people close to him that came to him and said, teach us to pray. And that's what he prayed. That's exactly what he prayed. I mean, they had heard thousands of prayers at synagogue and trips to the temple throughout their lives and heard their fathers pray. I mean, and they had prayed countless prayers, but they wanted to know how to pray because there was something different about how Jesus prayed. They could tell that 
the rivers of God's power that flowed through Jesus as the lame walked and the blind could see and the dead were raised, that that, that was connected to this, how he spent time with the Father and talked to the Father and listened to the Father. And so they said, teach us to pray. And he didn't answer by giving them, okay, first there's a word count or your prayer needs to go this amount of time. Or you, It wasn't that. It was about the content. It was, okay, this is what you need to be saying to God. He didn't talk about what they should feel when they pray or how to feel a certain way. It was content-driven. And it starts with this, our Father, our Father, you're talking to your father. I mean, this is uh, our approach. We enter as, as his children. It's not transactional. It's not to, to squeeze something out. I heard someone today, it's not putting a coin in a vending machine. It's not that. It's relationship. It's father, child when we come to him. We're getting alone with our father. He's told us before this prayer in chapter 6 to, to go, get alone and, and shut the door. And our father who sees in secret will reward us. And so as we work through this prayer, we notice that what Jesus has us praying about is not how many of us tend to pray. Our prayer life is, is not like, you know, the Chick-fil-A drive through where I pull up, you know, pull up to the box and I place my order and I drive around to the window and I pick up what I ask for. That's not how Jesus teaches us about prayer. It's, it's not uh, primarily about getting my list of things filled, my, you know, promotion at work and healing over here for my friend that's got a chronic illness and, and my kid getting into their plan A college. It's, it's, yeah, we get around to asking about the stuff we want and need, but we we foundationally begin with this approach to our Father and His kingdom and His will. And so Jesus has us praying about the bigger things. Are you praying about the bigger things? He has us talking to God about your kingdom, God, your will. Is that what you pray about? A lot of kingdoms around. Big kingdoms, little kingdoms. He has us praying for the Basileo Taltheo, the kingdom of God. But there are so many kingdoms around us. And we've got to navigate those, you know. We've got to work through those kingdoms. It's interesting, America. So, our, our Basileo here, our Basileo, the kingdom of America, was built on protest and rebellion taking on King George III. We took a trip, uh, my family, a couple years back to Washington, D.C., and one of the surprising things, went to museums and historical places in the National Cemetery. It was amazing and all that, but one of the things that got my attention was kind of a smallish detail, which, you know, states put slogans on their license plate, the Lone Star State, or where I'm from, the Show Me State, Missouri. In Washington, D.C., the slogan on the license plate is taxation without representation, which is a slogan from the Revolutionary War, but they mean it today. 
because they are citizens of the District of Columbia. They pay federal taxes. They don't have representation. They have non-voting delegates, non-voting delegates to the United States Congress. And so only in America, right, your capital city has a protest against the federal government. How American is that? But we complain and criticize our lesser kingdoms that we have to deal with. And to be clear, we may be loyal citizens of our country and love our state, but our only eternal citizenship is this one that Jesus is talking about. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And he teaches us to pray for that kingdom, for the advancement of that kingdom, for his, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. And these are not two separate, discrete requests. This is, this is one thing because I have this in my notes. God's kingdom has come wherever his will is being done. Joyfully and cheerfully, we want to see that in our lives in our homes, in our church, in our city. As children of God, we seek that we pray for rain. We pray for that kingdom. For his will to be accomplished at all times, in all ways. Our Father in heaven, we want to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? I've never visited there. I will. But I can tell you this. In heaven, his will is, is flawless. It's happening perfectly at every moment, in every place. The angels are not driving around with protests on their license plate. It is a place where they love and enjoy the reign of God. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So we ask for, we yearn for the will of our Father to occur in every place, at every time, starting here, right? <laughs> In our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own lives, we want to say, see his governance, his reign, his sovereignty fully established. In the beginning of time, so going all the way back, God creates the heaven and the earth. And, and there isn't this like division that we're used to now where heaven is here, earth is... I mean, it was, it was not like that. His will was done in the creation, in every corner of the galaxy, to every anthill, his will was done perfectly. There wasn't this gap. So what happened? The king, he was unchallenged. He was unquestioned. And then we questioned. We questioned. Those uniquely made in his image, we challenged. We rebelled. We protested. We refused to bend a knee, and sin entered the universe. And from that point on, we only get to see here his will happening in, in spurts, in, in, in situations, because we rebelled against his reign, and we were forcibly removed from that place, from that Garden of Eden. The great John Milton, English poet, in that epic, long poem, calls this 
Paradise lost. Paradise lost. And then Jesus comes and something profound happens in the history of this place. God begins to restore his creation. He begins to make things right. And so in the Gospels, you will hear a lot, I mean a lot, about the kingdom. 162 times the Basileo Taltheo is talked about in the Gospels. The kingdom of God. Jesus talks about it in the beginning. I mean the very beginning. His first pronouncement in the Gospel of Mark is about the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he dies on a Roman cross and he is resurrected. He shows up very much alive. And what does he do for six weeks before his ascension? He talks to his disciples about this Always about this kingdom of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 3. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. 40 days about the kingdom of God. He wanted them to be ready because the kingdom was being ushered in with power. And they would be front and center. They would be eyewitnesses. And now that place where heaven and earth come together, it's not in a garden of Eden. It's not in a physical location like a temple in Jerusalem. Now it is in him, heaven and earth, brought together in Jesus, the Christ. And the church... The church is the body of Christ. The church is the place where we are to see and experience the reality of heaven now. Now, is it perfect here? Like Preston Crest to name the church on earth? Is it perfect? No, that's not flawless. But we are his children, and we are seeking together for God to reign in our community as he reigns in heaven. And I love this. As you read your New Testament, after Jesus ascends to heaven, after the great day of Pentecost, where the kingdom comes with power, um, the Bible just constantly reassures Christians that we are citizens of the kingdom. We're not waiting on a decision from I-N-S, heaven. We're not waiting for our letter. You have been accepted into the kingdom of God. You are currently, believer, you are currently now a citizen of the kingdom of God. Paul writes to people like us in Colossae, chapter 1, Colossians 1, 13, 14. And notice the past tense. Like, this has happened, folks. He talks to these people and he says, he has delivered us. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Isn't that great? That's us now. Praise God for that. I'm delivered from darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. You are in whom I have redemption and forgiveness of sins. We are kingdom people. 
And it was among them, it was among them, these kingdom people, not fully, but the kingdom had arrived and was still arriving, was loaded but still loading. And so we, like our early church sisters and brothers, we are in this in-between time, this here but not totally here. Uh, Our citizenship, though, is secure. It's been confirmed, and there's more to come. Thank you, Jesus, there's more to come. During his ministry, by the way, you watch Jesus startling, shocking, astounding with signs and wonder signs. What does a sign do? Sign points to another reality. A sign tells you, you know, 10 miles. And, and his, his miracles, when he healed, when he multiplied bread and fish, when he raised the dead, when he walked on water, when he calmed the storms, these were signs, glimpses, flashes of what? Of where God reigns perfectly. And it's going to be so good right? The book of Revelation, John is shown by God this vision of the future. And John sees this place where God is reigning perfectly and it is coming. It is coming soon. These things will soon come to pass, John writes. In chapter 21, verse 4, John records this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. By the way, let me just... I am so tired of death right now. And the dying that goes on before the death. Said goodbye to Bobby a few weeks ago. Said goodbye to Diana yesterday. Again, I say goodbye to William Mitchell next week. And I'm just tired of that. And I love this vision. (laughs) Where God reveals there aren't any funeral parlors in heaven. There aren't any obituaries published in the, in the Heaven Times newspaper. There aren't eulogies spoken in heaven over someone who has passed. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. <laughs> so the kingdom fully come, fully realized. And yes, I, I long for that. But I will say this, as we work through this prayer, Jesus is very clearly not expressing a fast forward button. This whole kingdom, your, your, your will be done on earth. As it, he's not, let's skip through all this stuff. I feel like I want to sometimes, totally honest. But that's not the prayer, is it? Let's skip ahead, God. That's not what he's asking. He's asking for the presence, for the rain here and now in the broken places. That's what Jesus is asking for. And and it's, it's really a call, 
Let us be your church. Let us be your kingdom. Let us embody your mission in this broken down place. Let us be an embassy of heaven in Dallas. Let us be a kingdom outpost as a church where the realities of heaven are lived out and experienced in our community right now. And we, we aren't called to be a kingdom. We think sometimes of, you know, castle, kingdoms have castles, right? And, and, and we're not to be a castle where the drawbridge is, is raised up and we, we huddle inside the castle walls until it's all over. That's not the vision. That's not the vision at all. We are participating in, in our Father's world, in His kingdom mission. Your will be done where? On earth. As it is in heaven. We work for that. And so we want that in our individual lives. I think we've always got to start there. Like, where are the places in my life where rebellion is happening? where his will is not being done in my marriage, in my money, in the way I use my time, in my ministry or lack of ministry in this world. Where are those places, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. I yield those to you. I take a knee in those areas. Help me with that. Bring me into obedience We want our neighbors to hear the good news of Jesus, the good news of the King who has already come and whose kingdom is emerging. We want our nation divided more and more, divided more and more by people looking to a kingdom of the right or a kingdom of the left. We want them to join us in looking up to the kingdom of God and working for that here. Remember, you're part of the kingdom. You're a citizen of the kingdom. You are called to be living as part of the kingdom of God. We follow his word. We follow his rules. We joyfully submit to his authority. We bring his reign wherever we go. Workplace, school, neighborhood, we bring his reign with us. And so I think about big things this morning where it would be so easy to throw up your hands and say, that can't get fixed. I mean, why even, why is everybody talking about racial reconciliation? Like racial reconciliation, like we're ever going to fix that. Why work for that? Well, to see his kingdom come. That's why we work for it. To see his will done on earth as it is in heaven. Why feed the hungry? Why pass out Thanksgiving? They're just going to get hungry again. (laughs) Why do that? Why teach a children's class or volunteer to lead one of our small groups for our youth group? Why, why bother with that to see his kingdom come, to see his will be done? Why, why go off to Guatemala on this annual ministry trip? Providing dental care and glasses and medical care and constructing things or serving in a VBS ministry. Why do that? I think you get the idea. Kingdom people are always asking this question, are always praying this prayer. 
your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, what does it look for, for me today? What does it look like for me to be a citizen of your kingdom? What does it look like for me to carry your reign out into my neighborhood and my school and my business, my city? Jesus just started right out of the gates preaching the kingdom of God. And there is good news there. In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus said, The time is fulfilled. No more waiting around. The kingdom of God is, is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news. I love that. Turn away from everything that doesn't work. All of that rebellion, all of that stubbornness, all of that fighting, striving against God and turn into the kingdom of God. And the good news is, this isn't a king shouting orders from on high. This is the king who went to the cross. That is the good news. The king loves you so much. He died for you. He bled out for you. Forgiveness of sins in that, a fresh start in that, and then the hope that comes through the reality of his resurrection. He prevented, he presented himself, rather, that verse earlier, with many convincing proofs that the grave is not the end, that we have hope, and this is good news. So if you haven't accepted that, if you haven't worn that by being baptized into Jesus, and expressed your belief in the good news, you can do that today. And that is good news. Or maybe you just need prayers. There's a place of hurt, of pain in your life. Uh, gather with somebody around you this morning and pray about that or pray over them or come down and pray with me or one of our shepherds. Right now, let's respond to our good King, to our God in worship. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh, my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh, my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. What a great day to be here. 
Join us again tonight at 6 o'clock as we continue our uh, series on experiencing Jesus. And Gordon will bring us another lesson, so that's at 6 o'clock. But right now, if you will repeat with me our take-home verse, we will be dismissed. It comes from 1 Timothy 1.17. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Have a good day.